just got involved with this today, and then we're going to be reading a lot of a lot of scripture, and that's a good thing. But uh, there's a lot of scripture. Last week we preached about spiritual dehydration on Wednesday night, and uh, I told somebody we were we were talking about it a little bit, and I said, you know what? I study and pray just as hard for Wednesday night as I do on Sundays. So if you feel like you're getting cheated on some nights, don't worry about it. I'm praying and studying on each night, trying to see what God wants us to have for each individual night. We want to rhyme a word every time we step behind this pulpit, and I believe God is going to speak to us tonight. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 6, a very familiar scripture. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's a statement of truth, of absolute, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. I want to speak to you for just a few moments with the subject, what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? I could have named it something else. What do you you have an appetite for? You can already see where we're going tonight. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this congregation. I ask you, Lord, to move on us tonight, Lord, and let us see and let us hear what you'd have us see and to hear. I ask you, Lord, to anoint me with the Holy Ghost, Lord, that I may speak your words that, that you want us to hear. I ask you, Lord, to hide me in the shadow of the cross, Lord, that I will speak everything, Lord, that you lay on my heart. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. In this passage right here, you know, I'll just tell you up front, I just... I thought, you know, I usually tell a joke or something, but tonight I'm just going to get right into it. And, and uh, if it's funny, it's just because it's just funny. It's, it's nothing I planned on. But Jesus had been dealing with some things in the scriptures before this in, in Matthew chapter 5. And he's been dealing with things that stand in the way of spiritual hunger. And I want you to kind of just turn back just a little bit and look at Matthew 5 and 3. Blessed are those, or blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Jesus is dealing with some things that stand in the way of hungering and thirst after him. And so I want us to see that first of all. Jesus uses imagery that almost every human being can identify with. I know I certainly can. Hungering and thirsting. How many eat today? Most everybody eats. How many drunk something today? Aren't you glad Jesus puts in words we can understand? Hungering and thirst. I was hungry today. The last two days I've been hungry. I, I told Shelly, I said, I, I wanted this or that, and I'd get it. And I was like, what? That just wasn't enough. And I'd, I'd get me something else. And I was like, I got to stop eating. But some days you're just hungrier than other days. I mean, you spend more energy or whatever, and you're, you're hungrier more than other days, and you're thirsty. I, I talked about it last week on, on last Monday and Tuesday. Uh, I, I dehydrated my body, and that's the reason why I preached on it Wednesday night, because God just cho- showed me, said, preach on what you just went through. And so I began to preach about it. He started showing me how we get spiritually dehydrated, and then I'm right back here in the same spot tonight preaching about the same thing. A little bit different, but... What are we hungry and thirsty for? What are we hungry and thirsty for? Because guess what? Whatever we're hungry and thirsty for, we're going to be filled with it. We're going to be filled with it. I don't care what it is, anything you want to name in the world that you want to be hungry and and, and thirsty for, you're going to fill yourself with it. 
Somebody say amen. It's the truth anyway. While it's possible to go a number of days without food, it's almost impossible to go very many days without water. We know that. A hunger or a thirsty man will do everything in his power to satisfy those needs. Do you pursue the things of God like a man thirsting to death? I hear the term all the time. I'm dying of thirst. Dying of thirst. I hear it every day from my 12-year-old. I'm dying of thirst. I'm starved to death. And I'm dying of thirst. How many has kids that's ever said that? It's like every day I hear this. Years ago, I was in Tyler, Texas, and a youth pastor started telling me a story I think we'd went to that bodacious barbecue or something like that. But he, went, he began to tell me a story. He said that an old-time preacher in the area was on a fast because he wanted to hear from God. He was desperate to hear something from God, and so he was on a fast. He, he needed direction. He was willing to give up food. He was willing to give up his food, and he decided to do a 40-day fast. He'd become so weak that he could hardly speak or move around. He was in the last days of that 40-day fast. While lying in bed, he was desperate for a drink of water. His strength was gone from him. He was laying in his bed. He looked over at the nightstand. He knew he had to get a drink, but he couldn't find the strength to reach for the water glass. He tried as hard as he could to reach the glass of water he was desperately in need of. It was in that moment God began to speak to him. It wasn't what the preacher expected. He was looking for a word from God. He was looking for a revelation. He was looking for a direction for his ministry that, on this fast. God spoke to the preacher and says, I want you to be so desperate for me like you are for that glass of water. When he told me that story, I was like, how desperate. I, you know, in my worst of times when I was so thirsty and your mouth gets dry, just, we, you call it cotton mouth here in Arkansas. I don't know if that's because of the snake or what, but cotton mouth. We're just like, we have to have something to drink. Can you imagine not having the strength to even set up and reach for that drink and try and desperately get it? And then God says, that's how I want you towards me. I want you desperate. I want you desperate to get to me. I want you so desperate, you've got to get up. It's life or death, you've got to get to me. He told me that story, and it's always stuck with me all my life. God wants us to lay aside the things that interfere with our relationship with him. God wants you and I to be so desperate for him that we'll go to the greatest of measures to attain a drink from him. God wants you and I to be so desperate that we'll do anything to be in his presence. Lay aside our own ambitions, our own agendas, our own ideas of what our life should be and begin to hunger and thirst after him. We all have a mission every morning. We're on a mission, whether it's getting kids off to school, whether it's coming to prayer meeting, whether it's going to work. We all have a mission every morning. But it's the first thing in the morning we're reaching for. It is our cup of coffee or our cell phone or what? Are we hungering and thirsting for God? Are we going to him in prayer and saying, God, I've got to have you today. I am so desperate for you today. God, before I look at Facebook, before I get that cup of coffee, Lord, before I do anything today, I've got to have you. I've got to feel your presence. I've got to know you're here with me today, Father. I can't make it through the day without you. I'm thirsting for you, Father. I'm thirsting for you. I've got to have you. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. When we are so truly hungry in the flesh, we're going to go eat. Today, it was a little bit after 12. I walked out. I usually don't eat breakfast, and I didn't today. And, and at 12.15 today, it just hit me. I was like, I'm starved to death. I'm hungry. I got up out of my office chair, and I started walking through the, uh, the other office, and I, I said, uh, I'm going to eat. I said, I don't know who's going with me, but this, this train's leaving. I'm going. When we get hungry, we're ready to go. We're ready to fulfill that need. How many get hungry for a certain cake or cookie or a dessert, certain drink or certain food? I do. My favorite cookie, I've told you before, was made by Nabisco. It's called, uh, I think it was wafer creams is what they were. I love them things. They used to have a nickname for them. It's called lard cookies. Had this big old icing thing in between it, and they said it was lard. It wasn't lard. It was sugar. Anyhow, they stopped making it, and sometimes I have such a craving for that cookie. I grew up on that cookie, and they discontinued that cookie. Sometimes we have a craving for a steak, or, and I know my dad never gets this, craving for some chicken or something. We fulfilled that. It was like, I'm hungry for this. I'm hungry for some shrimp, a steak, a hamburger, a hot dog. It doesn't matter what it is. We get hungry for it. We go get what we're hungry for. God wants us to be like that towards him. When we're hungry in the flesh, we find whatever we want to eat. Sometimes it's not what we need, but we're so hungry that we'll do anything to fill the hunger. Sometimes I can't, feel, I can't find what, exactly what I want. I'm just hungry for something. And so you keep testing things out, keep trying to find something to fill that hunger. We see people without food do whatever it takes to acquire food. Whether it's standing at the side of the road begging or resorting to stealing, people's going to get their food some way, somehow. Hollywood makes movies about people being so hungry they're willing to compete to the death for food. How intense is our hunger, hunger and thirsting for God? How intense are we? How serious are we about hungering and thirsting after God? Are we desperate are we desperate for God? We used to sing a song that had that in the words in the song. And it said, God, I'm desperate for you. We have to be desperate for God. I remember dating Shelly. And the first time I met her, I thought she was just gorgeous and everything. And, and I thought, man, i got to get to know this girl better and better. After a while, we started dating. And then I was desperate to see her. I was desperate. I fell in love with her. Out of all the girls, I fell in love with her. And I was desperate to get back to Oklahoma, no, there's, there's not too many good things come up, but never mind. Oklahoma, anyhow, I was desperate to get to Oklahoma. I just had to see her, just, just wanted to be around her a little longer. We ought to be desperate for God in that way. A person who's truly hungry for food and thirsty for water will do everything in their power to satisfy those basic human needs. He or she would pursue that with a passion. Jesus is saying that we need to do the same thing. We need to have the same intensity towards him, the desire for God. I believe Jesus is saying we must be intense in our pursuit. Our pursuit, hunger and thirsting. Our hunger and thirst. We have to have an intense pursuit of God. Now I've got a question for you. What do you do if there's something that you really want? I know my boys, 
They'll do just about anything. When they're smaller, they do anything to get something. Now, I'm going to tell off on one of them, uh, and you'll just have to figure out which one it is. This one don't have a cell phone. And he's doing whatever he can do to get a cell phone. He's doing his schoolwork to the best of his ability. Today, he actually told me, he said, Dad, I need to go home and clean my room. I said, what? No, no boy says that. He knows it's hinging on him doing some things. And so he's desperate for this item. Everybody has one, Dad. I'm the only one in the world that doesn't have one. What will you do if you really want something? You'll do some crazy things to get what you want. Athletes will train day after day to condition their bodies to perform at the highest levels to achieve their goals. I have a nephew. His name is Jordan. He trains every day. He gets up early in the morning to start his regiment. While he was visiting this past summer, he would go on runs up to 10 miles a day. I'm like, dude, you know it's faster in a car. But he chose to run it. Here in the heat of Arkansas, he goes, it's harder running here in Arkansas. Well, I can imagine. It's a whole, he's from Ohio, by the way. It's a whole lot hotter here. But he'd run 10 miles a day while he was down here. He wants to be the best cross-country runner there is. He disciplines his body to maintain his perfect weight. He eats and drinks right. He, he wanted a scholarship, so he kept training. He wasn't on scholarship when he first went to college. He was in a desperate mode to be the best. He was in desperate mo mode to earn a scholarship. And his discipline, his hunger, and his thirst, it paid off. Now he has a scholarship. He gets his college paid for for free just simply because he can run. He's like a Forrest Gump on steroids. I'm just, he can run. Psalm 63 and 1 said, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Do we pursue the things of God like a man thirsting to death? Or do we just treat God casual? I'll get a little sprinkle here and there. I, you know, we'll have a good service. I'll get a little overflow. I'll use some of these church terms. I'll get some overflow from somebody else getting a blessing. Sister, sister uh, Donna's getting a blessing. Man, I'm just going to watch her. That gives me a blessing. Well, that's all I need. You're just getting a little overflow. Are you desperate for God? I can tell you for sure we'll be filled with the things that we're hungry for. I'll say it again. We will be filled with the things we're hungry for. Matthew 6 and 33, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I, I, I put this in here today, and I, I kept saying it. You know, it just went over to my spirit over and over and over. We're going to be filled with the things we're hungry for. And when you, when you look at our flesh and you think of the things that we do each and every day, it's the things we're hungry for. Sometimes it's a job. Man, yeah, I don't want to do that job. I don't want to. So, I, Drew, you're wrong. I'm, I'm not doing this because I'm hungry for it. No, you're hungry for the money to do the things. Hello? You're hungry for the money to do the things that you want to do. You're going to be filled with the things you're hungry for. Blessed is the man who longs for total righteousness. Hallelujah. 
For that man will be truly satisfied. If you're hungry, you'll eat. If not, you won't. I said it all the time. I'll say it again. I don't get tired of saying it. Whoever coined the phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, had to be in ministry. Because the pastor can come, he can pray, he can study, he can give a word, and people come to church and play church and walk right back out and never change, never hungering and thirsting after God, never, never come and tasting of God. They just come to be seen. They're wearing their suit and tie, looking nice. That's all they come for. God, help us. Help us to hunger and thirst after you. If you're hungry for God, you'll seek God. Giving you some facts. When you're hungry in the flesh, you're going to eat. When you're hungry for God, you're going to seek God. If TFT is truly hungry for God, we're going to seek God. We're going to seek God. What are your desires? What are you seeking after? Jesus is teaching us that we should seek God with the same intensity that a hunger or thirsty person would to seek food or water. That's what this scripture is all about. He put it into a way that we can understand it. We can understand it real well if we just open our mind, open our eyes, and realize, are we really hungry and thirsty for God? Because if we really was, we'd be going after him a lot harder. Psalms 84 and 2 says, My soul longs, yes, even faints for the court, courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Psalms 107 and 9 says, For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Psalms 42 and 1 says, As a deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. We had to have a hunger and a thirst for God. I called it, when I used to preach this back in the youth, what do you have an appetite for? Do you have an appetite for drugs, alcohol, relationships? What, what do you have an ap appetite for? We have to create an appetite for certain things. I'm going to tell you I'm 54 years old, and all of a sudden I have an appetite for broccoli. Foul weed. And all of a sudden, broccoli tastes good to me. I still don't like the stems, but I like the flower. It's crazy how your appetite changes. And the more I eat it, the more I like it. I believe Jesus shows us the focus of the pursuit. Hunger and thirst. After what? Righteousness. Righteousness. It's the one thing to be hungry and thirsty for. It's another to be hungry and thirsty for the right things. It's another thing. We can be hungry and thirsty for a lot of things. God, I want to see a move of God. I want to see this. I want to see that. We say it with our lips, but our actions say something else. You want to see God move. You want to see, uh, I heard uh, Brother uh, Andrew say Sunday night, he said, I want to see a revival. I said that to God sitting on this pew one day, and I said, God, I want to see a revival. He said, then do something you've never done before. He said, act in a way you've never acted before. If you want to see change, change it. Hunger and thirst after Jesus. Why? You're, you're hungry and thirsting after righteousness. Why did Jesus start his sermon dealing with things like pride and brokenness? Because those are the things that actually keep people from being hungry for God. Amen, Drew. Keep going. Talk about those things that keep us from being hungry. We watch so much TV. Oh, no. The pastor's talking about TV. We watch so much TV, yet we say we don't have time for the things of God. 
I don't have time for prayer meeting. I don't have time for my Bible reading. I run out of time. The kids, they, they, they did this or that. We, we've always got an excuse for why we didn't hunger and thirst for righteousness from God because we get too busy with life and say, well, we've got this and this going on. Well, our kids want to play this, this, this. You're, you're talking to the biggest sports nut you've ever seen. But at the same time, my sports, the kids' sports, is not going get to get in my way of my hunger and thirst for God. Our TV watching, I rarely watch TV. But our TV can get in the way. I can sit there sometimes, go, go for lunch at mom and dad's. We sit down and start watching TV. Next thing you know, I'm there for, uh, for a good long time. I was like, man, I'm just wasting an hour. I've wasted two hours. i got to get out of here. For what? Another episode of Matlock? Junk food won't kill us immediately. But it can keep one from being healthy. Just like the flesh spiritually we are what we eat that that's that's real real good stuff i know that's real plain that that's real good stuff we watch preaching all the time i we listen to gospel music all the time why we're feeding our soul i seen somebody the other day and they sung every song come on the radio and i was like i know exactly what they're feeding their soul you said well it's not all bad on radio no it's not all bad but what do you have to listen to to get to them good songs? There's a lot of bad in between there. I'm just telling you, am I dogmatic about not listening to this or watching this? I'm just saying Christians need to be hungering and thirsting after God more than music or a television. We must guard against feeding on those things that would curb our appetite for God. And that's what these things are. They're taking a place from our appetite for God. We, we fill it with something else. What are the distractions that keep us from feeding on the things of God? I'm asking rhetorical questions. You ask yourself that and answer, answer them honestly to yourself. Isaiah 44 and 20 says, He feeds on ashes. A deceived heart has turned him aside, and he cannot deliver his soul, nor say, Is there not a lie in my right hand? Luke 6 and 25. Woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. What is righteousness? The word is used to describe an attribute of God. We're talking about righteousness. Remember that Jesus was speaking primarily to the Jewish, Jewish audience right here, most of whom believed that righteousness was obtained by completing, complete obedience to the law. Jesus is teaching them some spiritual truths here about righteousness. Jesus endeavors to show that righteousness is not something earned, but something received. Since righteousness comes from God, Jesus uses the word to speak of God. If I hunger and thirst after God, I will be filled. If I hunger and thirst after righteousness, I will be filled. 2 Corinthians 5.21 said, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Well, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm just human. You know, I've got to sin every day. I've got to... You don't have to sin every day. Can I just put that out there? You're watching on Facebook. Understand it. Hear it. Tweet it. Tell everybody you know you don't have to sin every day. You don't have to sin every day. But if you do... You have a loving Savior you can go back to. Praise the Lord. 
Please understand the concept that God is using here. Our righteousness is not just a New Testament concept. I'm going to show you. Isaiah 45 and 24. He shall say, surely in the Lord I have righteousness and strength. To him men shall come. And all shall be ashamed who are incensed against him. Isaiah 45, 25. In the Lord all the descendants of Israel shall be justified and and shall glory. Jeremiah 23 and 6. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This was before in the Old Testament. It's after in the New Testament. It's still for us today. We need to be hungering and thirsting after righteousness. The focus of our pursuit should always be God, not just what he does for us. But God himself, God himself, we get so busy praying for things. God, you know, we need healing. We need a provision. We need this. We need that. And we need all these things, but we need to be seeking him. If I just told Shelly, Shelly, I just need you to iron my clothes. I need you to do dishes. I need you to feed me. I need you to be at my beck and call. After a while, I think she's going to think, he really doesn't love me for me. It's just what I can do for him. God should always be the focus of our pursuit. It's a pursuit, not because God's hard to find, but because our desire for him should be that intense. Shelly wasn't hard to find, but I pursued her. I knew where she was at, and every chance I got, I went to Oklahoma to find her. I went to see her. I pursued her, or she pursued me until until I caught her, one or the other. John 7, 37 says, On the last day... The great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And I know I used, I used so many of these scriptures last week, but they're, just, they're right here with me again this week. And they're just speaking to me. If no one else, they're still speaking to me. I believe Jesus speaks of the blessing of the pursuit also. Shall be filled. That's the blessing of hungering and thirsting for righteousness, because we shall be filled. We will be filled. There's not a doubt. There's not a, you might be filled. If you live in America, you might be filled. But no, you shall be filled. The word filled means to be gorged. How many knew that? Gorged is a funny word. I like saying it, gorged. To be filled with food in abundance is the definition of it, gorged. He said, we will be filled. We shall be filled. We shall be gorged with God's righteousness. Hallelujah. So Jesus is saying that if you're hungry and thirsty for God, God will make sure that you'll be filled. We should be gorged on God. Hallelujah. Shelly, would you come back? Isaiah 44 and 3 says, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants. And my blessings on your offsprings. Psalm 63 and 5 said, My soul shall be satisfied as the marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. John 4 and 14 said, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become to him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. I don't want to read out of John. John 6, verse number 48 through 58. It says, I am the bread of life. Hallelujah. 
the bread of life. I did hear a joke about the bread. It said even Jesus liked carbs. He named himself the bread of life. So there's your joke for the night. John 6 and 48 said, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the, at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I abide in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. In them ten verses right there, he repeats himself over and over and over. And I think about this, and I think about my kids. When I want something done, I keep repeating it over and over. You know, sometimes just so they don't get in trouble, because I don't want to discipline them. I want them to get it the first time and obey. We need to understand. He's trying to tell us something. We need to be hungering and thirsting after his righteousness, because why? We're going to be filled. We're going to be filled. This is not an empty promise. Jesus is saying if, that we, if we'll truly seek him, we're going to be satisfied. We'll be filled with the fullness of God. Ephesians 3, 19 said, To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. There's no magic formula. There's no magic formula. There's no special thing to... To be filled, it's not a three or four step process. We need to uh, start a class 10 and everybody be, be able to run through this class and figure it out. It's not that way. The promise is simply, are you hungering and thirsting after God? Because if you are, you're going to be filled. You're going to be satisfied. Psalm 17 and 15, I'm closing. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I wake in your likeness. Praise the Lord. I want you to remember that pursuing God is like eating and drinking. Most of us eat and drink two or three times a day. Sometimes more, there's snacks in between. We get full, but guess what? We get hungry again, don't we? We get hungry again. I can, I can remember monument moments in my life where uh, I've been to church or and sometimes not necessarily even in a service, but I get alone with God and have a monument moment where he speaks to me or he just, he just seems like, God, I can't take any more. You do any more, I'm just going to die right here. His presence be so strong in the moments. But guess what? I was so full. But today's a new day. Tomorrow's another day. 
we eat, we get full, we get hungry again. Just as our pursuit of food and drink never stops, our pursuit of God should never stop. We may be blessed and get full of God, but we need to keep pursuing God every day. And I, I read this quote, and I wanted to give you to uh, this. This woman said, I thank God for a dissatisfied satisfaction. What did she mean? She was saying that while I am satisfied in God, I always want more of God in my life. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? That's exactly the way it should be. If you're a chocolate lover, you eat chocolate cake, it's good. It satisfied you. But tomorrow, you probably want some more chocolate cake. If you hunger and thirst after God, it should be every day. Pursuing Him every day. Pursuing Him every day. Pursuing that righteousness. Because He has a promise there. You're going to be filled. Father, I thank You for this word today. I ask You, Lord, that it penetrates our heart that it takes root deep down inside of us. I ask you, Lord, to move upon us. Father, as we seal this in the altar tonight, Lord, speak to the hearts of men and women here. I ask you, Lord, to move upon them, Lord, that they'll draw closer to you. God, you said if we draw close to you, you're, you're going to draw close to us. And God, I want us to do that tonight. I want us to really get hungry. Our appetites change from the things of the world, Lord, and change. And so we want to see how close we can get to you. I thank you for it. Amen, 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 amen. Would you find you a place to pray?